Welcome back to part two of my chat with Vanessa Haydock. Hope you enjoy part one. Enjoy part two. You said, Vanessa, that you were consistently running high throughout those teen years and you were rebellious and you feel as if it was bad for a certain amount of time. Can I ask, how high typically were you running? And when you say it was bad, what do you mean specifically by that? Oh, I mean, like, there'd be times where I'd check my glucose levels and it wouldn't even register how high it was. Um, and then at, in that instance, obviously, I'd know how, I know I'd need to, like, sort it out, but then I'd end up having too much and then I'd crash down and then I'd shoot back up again and there was just no consistency with it. I mean, I was in the 20s a lot. Um, touch wood, though, I'd, I'd never had DKA. Considering how high I was, I never touch wood. I don't think I've ever experienced DKA. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just double figures like all the time. Um, and do you know what? It literally just took a day or two of being in range and getting those single figures. And the what what that did to my motivation was crazy. You know, when you just have like if you have like a couple of days where you're really really high and then your glucose levels come back to single figures, the impact that it has on our mood and our motivation. But cause, because mine were consistently high, I just never had any motivation. Um, So, yeah, I'd probably say, like, 20s a lot of the time. It wasn't carbohydrate, like carbohydrate counting properly either. So, Do you feel yeah. as if, Vanessa, you had the tools necessary at that time to manage your blood sugar to the best of your ability or was it because you were kind of just rebellious towards it or a combination of the two? I'd probably say a combination just because I was, I was kind of that, at that age as a, as a teen. But one thing that kind of changed everything for me was then getting access to the freestyle Libre. Um, just because to be able to, as you'll know, like to be able to visually see, what's going on with our glucose levels like that for me was a complete game changer um I mean don't go wrong before before I even had access to that that was when I was starting to try and um be a lot better with my my glucose control but having to prick my finger constantly that I was finding that quite hard and it was quite aversive as well and this is the thing it's like we're, we're having to prick our finger draw blood and get a reading. The, the, the actual the actual effort that goes into that, it's it's hard work, isn't it? If you imagine Tell me about it. As a teenager, you can see why I can I can see why I was so rebellious with it. But yeah, I think it's it's one of those where I just kind of look back and I think, well, it's happened now. It is what it is. It, you know, I didn't have the support network that I do now. I didn't know anyone. I was quite, I just ignored it. I ignored it a lot when I was younger. But I just accept, you know, it is what it is. As long as I'm doing all I can now, then that's all that matters. Do you feel as if you kind of pushed it to the side because you weren't fully aware of potentially what could happen long term? Or in that moment, you just, didn't really care. Yeah, it's, it's it's one of those where 
I was told so so many times by my diabetes team, this is what can happen. This is this is um these are the complications if you don't look after yourself. But I I was so kind of um it's like when they tell me, it made me not want to listen even more. I kind of thought, well, it won't happen to me. It won't happen to me. I'm, I'm. You kind of think you're invincible at that age, mm-hmm. and then, like I say, that's it's when I got the letter. That kind of the shock just made me think, oh my gosh, like I'm not invincible. But yeah. So when you got this letter, this was obviously from the sounds of it, the turning point for you. Yeah. And was this then, Vanessa, an overnight shift in your mindset, your approach, your attitude, the physical steps that you take towards managing your diabetes, or was it still a gradual process? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was literally overnight. I was like, there is no way I'm going to let this beat me now because for me, it was just, it was kind of the shock that I needed because Mm -hmm. I, I... I just thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll I'll be fine. I won't get any any complications. And when I when I got that letter, what was worse was that I'd actually broke my foot at the time as well. So I had the <laughs> had the letter in my car that I'd not opened, and I and I was um, I had it in my bag, and my mum brought me to the hospital with a broken bone in my foot. <laughs> and good time. I, I went I went to the hospital to get an X ray. And then I thought, oh, I've got this letter. I'll just quickly open it and then realise, oh, my God, like, this is so, – so at the time, I also had a broken foot. So I was like, this couldn't get any worse. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, it was literally overnight. I was just like, right, what do I need to do to – what do I need to do to sort this out, basically? Because I need to – I need to um, – I need to change. So that's when I started to contact people – um, I think when it comes to any kind of diabetes complication, talking to others is so important. Um, I started to talk to a couple of girls. Um, at the time, I don't know if it was Instagram because it was that long ago. It might have been Facebook or Twitter. I think it was Twitter, actually. And I was contacting a few girls with diabetes who also had retinopathy um, and just asking them, like, oh, are you okay? How do you find it? And just listening to them and talking to them just calmed me down so much because mm. it, it's like I said, we just kind of go into an initial panic and even like just receiving that letter, you know, letters are like, they're so formal. There's no kind of like, there's no, what's the word I'm looking for? It's very, it's very formal, very straight to the point. They don't take the emotional impact into account. Exactly, exactly. Hmm. So what exactly then, when you say it was almost like the flick of a switch overnight, you made this massive change, which I'm delighted that you did. It's obviously a, a life, quite literally a life-changing shift you made. With the change in lifestyle and mindset and attitude that you had, what specifically did you start doing that you hadn't done that you feel made a big difference? So I checked, firstly, I started to check my glucose levels more. I actually went from like hardly doing it in the day to making sure I did it before and after each meal. Um, So before and after each meal, and then that increased then. I was doing it literally every hour. So I was like, I want to know what my glucose levels are. 
And this was before the access to free, you know, the Freestyle Libra Center. Um, and I started to make my own graphs, you know, just to try and identify trends. And I'm, um, I mean, I, now I'm a behavior analyst anyway, so da- I'm very data driven in general. So I'd create my own graphs and trying to identify like what was going on. I cleaned up my diet, started to exercise more. Um, but this is going back years now, so it was kind of like just getting into a bit of running and basically going from like nothing to starting to incorporate more healthier habits into my day. And yeah, just kind of again, just making better food choices. I started to also liaise with my diabetes team a lot more because obviously I'd, I'd go to my diabetes appointments, but I'd never really take on board what they say, said to me. Mm. So when I went, I made sure I took on board absolutely everything that they said to me. And do you feel as if your bloods responded in a positive way as quickly as you made this shift? Um, It's one of those where I wouldn't say they kind of responded straight away. I was kind of in the process of learning what they were doing and why. Because I think when it comes to diabetes, it's always the why we need to ask, like, well, why has this happened? Or why has this gone up? Why has this gone down? And once we know the why, it's easy to make changes then. Is there any advice, Vanessa, you would have for someone who might be listening right now who is going through what you went through as a teenager, even in terms of how they feel about their diabetes in relation to them maybe neglecting it more than they should? I would say that diabetes is one of those that it will never go away. And I always used to think, oh, it'll go away. It'll go. I, know that it, I, I knew that it wouldn't, but I, in my head I was just like, oh, you know, I can just ignore it. But it's, it, it's, it's us learning to control it rather than it control us and learning to have it as, like, part of our lives. I try and see my diabetes as something on my, you know, like a little – something on my shoulder it's just always there with me <laughs> try and see it as like a separate thing um but it's, it's always going to be there with us so we've just got to learn how we can best control it the best we can but also accepting that it's not always going to be plain sailing if I could go back and tell myself like talk to the teenage me it'd be like you know Vanessa you're not invincible like this is going to catch up on you and you need to you, the worst thing that you can do is ignore it but it's also, I think, when it comes to diabetes, looking at how we can use it to our advantage. And, you know, as ourselves, like, we, we live with diabetes, but then also being able to help others with diabetes, it makes such a big difference because we, we fully understand what it's like to live with. And I think for a lot of people who don't know people with diabetes, it's hard to open up about it and talk about it because people don't fully get it unless you live with it. But yeah, I'd say, you know, even though diabetes, it's easy to ignore in the short term, it's not going to go away. So the, the best thing we can do is just learn to live with it and just do do our best to control it. Absolutely. And that's what I always say about how prioritizing the short term is vitally important, because if we're doing what's required and what's necessary today and this week, over time, that's what adds up to longer term health and ensuring that we don't experience any of those complications that 
everybody wants to avoid. Yeah. That's just the reality of it. Exactly. exactly. When you think back, Vanessa, to your teenage years, do you have any sense of regret in terms of how you were with it? Because I look at you now and you're somebody who is so proudly diabetic and you manage it so confidently and so consistently. Do you ever look back and regret that at all? There's things that I'd go back and I'd I'd want to change in terms of how I handled it, but I also think everything happens for a reason and I think being like that as a young girl is what kind of motivates me now because I know what I don't want to be like again. Does that make sense? So it's like, Mm. it's kind of learning from it. And I, as I've mentioned, I still have that like teenage Vanessa in me sometimes who comes out and is like, oh, I can't bother doing that. Or, oh, I know I'm high, but I'm not going to check it just because I don't want to see that double figure. But, Sometimes it's one of those where I then get brought back and I realise how far I've come with it. And, yeah, it's... I always say in life in general, you should never regret anything. And don't get me wrong, I could have done things better, but maybe that part of my life is what led me to where I am now and how I view my own diabetes. So, yeah, it's there's a lot of things I'd have changed in terms of, you know, I probably wouldn't have net bottles of Coca-Cola <laughs> and not heard. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is. I suppose everything happens for a reason. And as you say, if you didn't have that sort of experience, maybe you wouldn't be who you are, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing, you wouldn't be helping the people that you're helping. So it's added up to everything that you're doing right now, which is... Uh, a fantastic way to look back at it and yeah. as you say you shouldn't be having regrets because the fact of the matter is nothing can be changed now anyway so exactly it's about just step by step always doing what you have to do moving forward rather than looking back exactly exactly i saw a post from you vanessa i think it was your i think it was your instagram recently and it said why can controlling diabetes be frustrating Well, imagine revising for an exam religiously 24-7, feeling 100% confident you'll pass, then failing every single question, even though you know they should have been marked correct. Yeah. That speaks volumes to me because I fully understand what it's like and the complexity and the true extent of a life with type 1. But how do you keep yourself consistent even though day on day on day on day on day something new can pop up I think it's one of those where you've just got to kind of see it as a bit of a what's the word I'm looking for it's trying to see it as a bit of a competition sometimes I see it as a competition with me and my diabetes I know that sounds crazy but I'm like right you so if you want to throw that in the throw that in and you know try and get you know I can see my glucose levels going high, I'd be like, right, okay, well, I'm gonna get this down. And seeing it as a bit of like a, a competition, which you know what I mean? It's yeah. try not to let it beat you. Um yeah. and like right, I'm not gonna be defeated. So then I'll just think, right, okay, um, you know, as an example, I mean I'm checking my glucose levels now. And around this time I'd usually be, you know in single figures and I'm sitting at 11.6 and I can tell you exactly what that is and you know I'm 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 
I'm we're doing the podcast, I'm out of routine. Um, you know, I might have been a bit nervous at the beginning, and I know that's going to have a little bit of an impact on bringing the glucose levels up because of adrenaline, cortisol, that kind of thing. So rather than looking at that now, whereas like teenage me would have been like, oh, whatever, just leave it. Mm. I'm, you know, after this podcast, I'm going to go for a walk and bring it down, and I'm not going to let it defeat, like, beat me. And I think that's one thing. It's trying to, like, not let your diabetes beat you or defeat you and just think, well, what can I do now to counteract this? And it's that acceptance, again, going back to acceptance, that there are going to be days that our glucose levels are not going to do what we want them to do. Like I said in that post, you know, we can be, we can go into an exam and get every question right, every question we think is correct based on the revision we've done, but then getting them all wrong, that's just what it's like because we can pre-bolt in enough time, we can have exactly the amount of insulin that we need, but then we can still be faced with high glucose levels for whatever reason. I mean, there was a, I think I read somewhere, it was like a post, like there was, 42 different reasons that glucose levels can increase or decrease. I can't remember what it was. But it's right because there's so many different things that can impact them. Yeah, it's like 42 confirmed factors that can influence your blood sugar. 42. It's it's crazy, Mm. isn't it? (laughs) And it's nice that you can look at it in a way that you kind of gamify the whole thing. And that's how I look at mine sometimes too well pretty much every morning yeah first thing i do in the morning is check my blood sugar yeah and ideally i want to i want to see that in range because physically and mentally it puts me in a good space yeah starting the day 100 percent. if i start off with a high glucose level i just know it's going to be a it's going to be a struggle for the rest Mm. of the day not not in terms of how i feel but it's more kind of keeping them in range because then I know I'm going to have to try and get it down, which means either, you know, like doing something that's not in that template that I usually have or having a little bit more insulin in the morning. And then I know that I get I get higher glucose levels in the morning anyway because of, like you said, foot to four. So it just makes it so much harder when I wake up double figures. See, when you're sitting at 11 right now, Vanessa, Yeah. can you explain what you feel or do you feel different when your bloods are at 11 compared to let's say they were five thirsty always thirsty whenever i get high glucose levels i always feel thirsty i never thing is when i have when i have high readings i know that some people say that they feel rubbish they feel tired they feel lethargic or they'll get like certain symptoms the only one i get is just thirst i can actually function okay high but i um yeah i just know straight away because i'm thirsty I drink so much. Hmm. See, when you were going through your teenage years and you were consistently higher and you were saying that you'd be in the you'd be in the 20s a lot and sometimes you check your blood sugar and it wouldn't even read because it was so high. When you started getting your bloods back in range more consistently, did you physically feel that difference? Yeah. I could tell with how I looked as well. That sounds crazy, but I look back at some photos of me as a teenager and I look unhealthy. That sounds that sounds really harsh, but you know, just you know, you know, you can just look at someone and like, I looked tired. I looked um, like just. I'm not saying that I look bad, but you can you know you can just tell. 
Like, my glucose levels would have been running so high and it was kind of like zapping me of my energy. Um, as you know, like when our glucose levels are high, it's like our body can't take in the nutrients. Mm. But, um, so even though if I was eating really, really healthy, if my glucose levels are running really, really high, I'm not, I'm not allowing my body to be fueled by what I'm taking in. That's why prior to being diagnosed, specifically, people will lose so much weight. Yeah. Because going back to the analogy of a lock and key, you don't have the insulin to unlock your cells to let those nutrients in. So essentially your body's eating at stored fat and muscle to a certain extent for that energy. And that's why you look so gaunt and unhealthy and thin. And the weeks leading up to my diagnosis, I looked like a ghost. I was half the person that I was used to being because I had lost so much weight. It's crazy. Do you, Vanessa, set yourself any goals or targets with your management because when I come across your social media and your business and your training and the clients that you work with consistently and as you say yourself you're data driven and you strike me as somebody who loves routine loves a template and is very structured in what they do and what they want to achieve do you have that same sort of mentality with your diabetes or how do you approach it yeah I try and I try and look at my averages so on my um, free cell Libra sensor, with my sensor, sorry, and then um, looking at my app, I try and get my average between like a certain certain point. Um, it's not that it's not like that I'm really setting a new goal. I just try and keep it within a certain range. Um, but yeah, and, and I, I tend to set myself daily goals anyway. Like I'm, I always make sure that I get like one of my goals is to get an hour walk in every single day. And I'll make sure I do that because I always find that if I'm not, if I'm sedentary, my glu- I can see the difference in my glucose level. So I always set myself a goal each day to do an hour walk. Um, I also set myself like a non-negotiable goal. So even though we can have daily goals each day, if you set yourself like one non-negotiable where you think no matter how much I do not want to do this, I'm going to do it because it's non-negotiable. But because you're telling yourself it's non-negotiable, you're more likely to do it. So think of it like if we wake up in the morning and we're late for work, no matter how late we are, we will always brush our teeth or do our insulin, you know, anything like that, because it's non-negotiable to us. It's like no matter how much we've not got time to do it or we won't do it, we'll still do it. So sometimes we've got to think about our goals, our own personal goals, as one of them being non-negotiable. And like my my non-negotiable for today, for example, is to go on a 5K run later on today. And I'm looking outside and it's pouring down with rain. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I really don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it because it's my non-negotiable goal. So do you have non-negotiables that change day to day or week to week? Yeah. Or do you have a set non-negotiable list? Yeah, so I'll, like I'll, I'll make, um, I'll change it each day. So today it's my 5K run. Tomorrow it might be something around... Um, I don't know. It, it depends day to day. It depends. My non-negotiable goal is always the the one goal that I want to make sure that I do. Mm. So yeah. Is there any consistent non-negotiable that you've had throughout your life that has made the biggest impact on your diabetes management, your health, your fitness, your routine, your business? Hmm. With my diabetes, I'd probably say checking my glucose levels. 
So I'm always really consistent with checking. Mm. Um, I'm always really consistent with um, walking as well. Again, that's one thing that I think for a lot of people in general, like not many people move as much as what we used to years ago. I mean, like there's so many office-based jobs. There's so many jobs where, like working from home as well where people aren't able to get out and walk. But one thing I've noticed that has helped my glucose levels so much is just general movement in the day. Um, I've always been active. I've always been into exercise as well. So for training for me is like a really, really important part of my day. Um, but again, it's, it's it's not really a goal because I'm just used to doing it now. Mm. So I always say like having a non-negotiable that's not all always just a part of your routine anyway. It's something that you're trying to get into. So running- Is there any non-negotiables that you're planning on making non-negotiables coming up? <laughs> um, I mean, running was my last one, so I've kind of got into the habit of doing that now. But it's still a bit of a bit of a struggle sometimes with the British weather. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's I just kind of set myself that goal where you know I do a lot of weight training. I'm you know I'm strong and. And squat, I can deadlift, but my cardiovascular fitness wasn't the best, so that's why I just got into running, just to you know, just to mix it up a little bit. And how do you find your preparation differs for, let's say, a five k, diabetes wise, blood sugar wise, even? Yeah. How does your prep differ from a five k compared to going into the gym and doing, say, heavy squats or deadlifts? So if I was to do resistance training, I don't find it has much of an impact on my glucose levels. But if I run, I know that it's going to drop. So I just make sure that um, I swear by rice cakes. Like if my glucose levels are in range before my run, I just have like a rice cake beforehand. Because personally, I don't like running high anywhere. You know when they say like run high before a run? I'd rather not run high in the first place and just have something prior to running um so yeah i just obviously make sure that i have some form of like long long lasting carbohydrates before my run and yeah i just always have my fruit pastels on me just in case to be fair like i i mean i can do i can do 5k in about 25 minutes so it's it's one of those where it doesn't really if it drops it's more towards the end of the run where i'm already nearly home but if I was like out on an, an hour or two hour run, it'd be a bit different. So how would your preparation differ from that then? So I probably would run a little bit higher maybe with that. But again, to be fair, I've, 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 I've not done any, I've not done anything over half an hour. I don't think I, I'm not, I would say <laughs> I'm the most, uh, I'm, I'm the best long distance runner. Um, but it's worth a try. I suppose that's, that's a non-negotiable I could work towards, doing a 10K run maybe. Absolutely. Why not? <laughs> Vanessa, given the 27 years you've been living with type 1 diabetes, yeah. and this is a question that I kind of ask myself relatively frequently, and I ask clients too in ter- terms of short-term and long-term, what do you want from your diabetes? I want from my diabetes <laughs> stable blood sugars. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> don't we, don't um, we all? Know, yeah. I want it to. <clears throat> so I always say with diabetes, I don't feel like I'd be the person who I am today without my diabetes because people say to me all the time, 
would you do you wish that you didn't have diabetes and my honest answer would be um I couldn't imagine my life without it so for me I feel that my diabetes has kind of given me the purpose my my purpose to help others with diabetes so I want from my diabetes for it to continue for me to help others living with it as well Mm. um but yeah, it's, it's a, I don't know. I've never really thought of it like that. What do I want for my diabetes? Yeah, it's a strange question yeah. to, to answer. <laughs> so that's why <laughs> I like asking, of, asking me, people the odd time. Yeah, if it can give me a bit of consistency, then happy days. Mm. <laughs> don't think I'll get that. Um, but yeah, no, it's like I say, it's kind of like my my purpose really and I do find it's I, I feel like I wouldn't be the person that I am today without my diabetes and I don't think I'd be as healthy as what I am now which is kind of ironic, but yeah, it's mm. it's made me the healthiest version I can be, I think. I think. I feel the same about my own too, because at 19, when I was diagnosed, much like you've already said, you can kind of feel as if you're invincible yeah. at that age. Like, ah, nothing, no, nothing can happen to me. Nothing can go wrong. Everything, everything's fine. And then it's just like, boom, flick of a switch. And you suddenly realize how fragile your health can be. Yeah. And it's like you have that now new and more heightened incentive to be healthier, to look after your health more consistently because of the short-term and long-term impacts it can have on you, which I probably wouldn't have realized if I wasn't diagnosed. Exactly. 100%. Is there anything, Vanessa, that you know now that you wish you had known from day one? Um, well, that, that, that I could get right enough. <laughs> um, yeah. I like how you can laugh about it. Now. Yeah. Oh, it, it is what it is, isn't it? It's what I, as I say, I've, I've accepted it now, so it's, it's mm. fine. Um, one thing that I wish that I had known that I didn't—I don't know really. So I, I suppose, in a way, that it's it is serious because it is like diabetes. It's 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 a serious it's a serious chronic condition. But as long as we're doing all we can to control it, that's all that matters. But I think when I was younger, I just didn't think it was as serious as what it is. But yeah, I think it's always trying to kind of look at the positives of any situation, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's that. And what I always say is like, whether or not you look at it in a negative or a positive life, light, it doesn't change the fact that you're still going to have it. So if we consistently look at it in a negative light, we're only doing ourselves a disservice yeah. because it doesn't actually change anything. Whereas if you work and aim to look at it in a positive life light I keep saying life then you can get a lot of benefits from it which you already have which I have which so many other people have it takes work to look at it in a positive way but there are a lot more positives you can take from a life with diabetes than you can see on the surface yeah and I think when you dig a little deeper into those things and the impacts that it can have, you can realize there's a lot of benefits, which is a nice thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Vanessa, I have one more question for you before I let you go. No problem. 
if you had the opportunity to thank your diabetes for something, what would that be? For making me strong, both mentally, emotionally, physically, and for making me consistent. Because I think that because obviously we were having to have our insulin, be consistent with food, be consistent with checking our glucose levels, it kind of snowballs into other behaviours. So, you know, being consistent with training, being consistent with, um, you know, taking any other medication that I've got. I'm, it's kind of made me quite routine like that in, in a good way. So, yeah, probably probably something along the lines of for making me consistent and I love how you relate that to that kind of trickling out into other aspects of your life because managing your blood sugar consistently is such a large aspect of it. Naturally, it can benefit other parts of your life in terms of business, training, yeah. even your mindset around it, which is, uh, again, a list of those benefits that we can go through. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Vanessa, where can people find out more about you and follow you and hear more about your story? Yeah, so I am on Instagram as the Diabetic Health Coach, um, also on Facebook as well. Um, I also have a website, www.diabetichealthcoach.co.uk. And yeah, that's where you can find me. Good stuff. And if you don't follow Vanessa yet, make sure you do because she puts out very 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 consistent and valuable content all around diabetes management health and fitness so definitely check it out you will not regret it and vanessa thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate your time and i'm glad after all this time through instagram we finally had time to have a proper conversation so i appreciate you being on i know it's been brilliant thank you so much for having me no worries take care chat to you soon See you later. Another big, big thank you to Vanessa for coming on and for sharing her experience with me. And I feel my main takeaway from that is to take action on your health, your fitness, and your diabetes management. And don't wait for a turning point like Vanessa had. Because we don't want to wait until that time may occur because we don't want to look back and say, I should have done this or I should have made a change here or an adjustment here. Take action now and you will absolutely reap the benefits, reap the rewards of that. It doesn't have to be anything drastic. doesn't have to be anything dramatic. Like Vanessa said, have a template to your day so that it's almost like you have a set routine without being obsessive over it. So you know your health, your fitness, your diabetes management can be more predictable so that you can feel more energized, feel more in control to a certain extent. And one of the main things that Vanessa highlighted as part of that is having a non-negotiable, having non-negotiables throughout the day or throughout the week that you can stick to regardless of where you are, what you're doing, so that you know you're always taking action day by day by day, step by step by step. For me, 
A couple of my non-negotiables are movement each day, drinking at least three liters of water, carb counting when I can, and pre-bolusing each meal. They don't have to be anything overly exciting, as you can see, but just something that you know can and will make a difference to your health, your energy, your mood with this condition. As always, big, big, big thank you to you for listening, for your time, for your ears, for your energy listening to the podcast. I hope, as always, you've been able to benefit from something in this episode. I'm sure you have, given Vanessa's experience. I look forward to chatting to you next week. But until then, have a good day, have a good week. Look after your blood sugars, and I'll chat to you soon.